My name is Jeremy. I'm the Director of Youth and Young Adults here at Cedar Hills. I want to start off by thanking you for praying for my family and I as I was at seminary this last week. And I am excited to be here today to continue this series of transformation. For those of you, it's our first time. We are talking about this call to transform the place where we live with the power of God. I'm wondering today, as we talk about hospitality, have you ever had a stranger or someone you didn't know very well do something nice for you? And and I'll be honest, I'm going to give you uh, this approval. You can verbally interact throughout my sermon. I will not be offended. You can even move. I will not stare at you and glare at you. See, seven years ago, in December of 2011, my family and I packed up a big moving truck and went into uncharted, unfamiliar territories of the scary world of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And what I remember is when we got here, we had a group of strangers at our house helping us unload a truck, unpack boxes. They even brought food, dinner. And the place where we were staying was somebody else's house that they gave us to stay in. We received hospitality from people who did not know us and we did not know them. Now things have changed. Now we know you. And we're glad that we're here. And we continue to feel that love and appreciation. Throughout the New Testament, the word hospitality specifically is used five times. And looking at the language of Greek in which it was written, hospitality is made up of two Greek words. Philo, love, like Philadelphia, brotherly love, and xenos, stranger. Hospitality literally means love the stranger. Love the foreigner. Love the outsider. Love the other. Now we're going to start today in Ephesians 2, but what I want to encourage you is to leave your Bible open the whole time. Because we are going to go back into Ephesians 2, and we're going to go to other passages. And I would love for you to join with me. And as you are turning to Ephesians 2, I'm wondering if there was ever a time where you felt like an outcast, or an outsider, or a stranger. Maybe it was when you made a move to a new place. Or maybe it was when you walked into church for the first time knowing nobody. Or maybe it's even in your own family. Do you ever feel like a stranger in your own family? How did people treat you and engage with you in those situations? As we look in Ephesians 2, and before we get there, I want to pray for us. Would you please pray? with me. Heavenly Father, as always, you give us examples of what it means to live according to your purpose. Lord, today as we read your word, may your spirit speak to our hearts and minds and guide us to understand your truth more deeply. In your name. Amen. 
Ephesians 2, we're going to start at verse 11. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation today. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought the good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. As always, God gives the perfect example of what it means to be hospitable. What it means to love the stranger. If you go back to verse 11 and 12. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. The Greek word for outsiders Xenos, the same word that's a part of hospitality. We were strangers. In other words, before we accept Christ as our Savior, we are strangers. But even when we are strangers, even when we were in our sin, God showed his great love for us in sending Jesus Christ to die for us. John 3:16 For God so loved the world. For for God so loved the stranger. For for God so loved the outcast. For for God so loved the foreigner and, and we can go on and on with words. God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. No greater show of hospitality than God's giving us of Jesus Christ. So I wonder today, have you experienced it? Have you experienced that hospitality? And in that experience, do we realize we didn't deserve it? Because in that moment, we were not just strangers, but we were... uh, pretty mean strangers to God. We were 
sinners attacking God, and yet in that, he loved us. And it was because of his grace and what he did on the cross that draws us to him. See, Jesus died for the whole world, not just the people who grew up in the right household or in the right neighborhood or talk a certain way or act a certain way. God extends this love to everyone, but not everyone receives it. Not everyone desires to be loved by God. How about you? Have you experienced the hospitality of God by being loved as a stranger? And when you experience that love, you are now a part of the family of God. Now we have this perfect example of extreme hospitality. So what do we do with it? Do we have to do anything with it? It's, isn't it just nice to know that that's a real thing? Ah, but we are called to live it out. It doesn't just stay in our head. It goes out. And we're going to flip over now to 1 Timothy 3. It's to the back of the Bible, a, a few books. Uh, 1 Timothy 3, we are going to be in verses 1 and 2. As we get there, I'm wondering if I can see by a show of hands, how many of you have ever been a deacon, an elder, uh, a Sunday school teacher, uh, a, a small group Bible study leader, or on staff in a ministry? All right, awesome. These next words are for you. This is a trustworthy saying right at the beginning of chapter 3 of 1 Timothy. If someone aspires to be an elder, he desires an honorable position. So an elder must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home and must be able to teach. Now, before anybody says anything... Uh, I know it says a man in here, but it goes for everybody, all right? So this is, this is for, for women and men. It's all right. We are to welcome and enjoy having people in our home. It is a part of what it means to be a leader in the church. Hear it again in Titus, just a couple books over. Titus 1. We're going to be reading verses 6 through 8. An elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife, and his children must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. An elder is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent, or dishonest with money. Rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must love what is good. He must live wisely and be just. He must live a devout disciplined life. I said the word hospitality was used in the Bible five times. Two of those times are to tell how leaders need to live. How leaders need to lead. 40% of the time that it talks about loving the stranger, it's saying, leaders, you have to have this. You have to lead this way. That's what it means to be a leader. 
So leaders, those of you who had your hands raised, I have a question for you today. Do you want to see the corridor transformed? Two of you do. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Let me tell you, the way we lead is how the people behind us will live. And so, if we believe what we've been talking about for the last few months then we want to see and we desire to see God transform this corridor through the good news. And a part of that is by loving the stranger, loving those who are different than us, who act different, who speak different. And as a challenge to myself and the rest of us leaders here, if we're not doing it, why would anybody else do it? We need to live out what we believe. And if we believe it's important, it needs to be a part of our lives. Everywhere we go, to everyone we meet. Now congregation, all of us here together, we have the prime example of Jesus Christ. Even in the midst of people warring against him, he sent his son. I would like for us to look at a couple of the other passages where hospitality is displayed. If you flip back to Romans chapter 12, there's a beautiful picture of what this looks like. Romans chapter 12, verse 9. It says this, Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Mm, Hospitality. Always be ready. Church, if we believe, if we have experienced the greatest hospitality of all from God through Jesus Christ... Now we are called to live it out, to be hospitable to everyone we are around, to bless those who persecute you, not complain about them, not do it with grumbling. Bless them, pray for them, because they were created in the image of God just like we were created in the image of God. Be happy with those who are happy, weep with those who are weeping. Live in harmony with each other, not just those who are like you, or look like you, or talk like you. Everyone. The last two passages that talk about hospitality 
And I read all these because God's word can say it a lot better than I can. 1 Peter 4. 1 Peter 4, verses 8 and 9. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Is somebody hungry? Invite them to sit at the table with you. Is somebody cold and without a place to sleep? Give them your extra bed. If you flip over to Hebrews chapter 13, flip back. The first three verses of Hebrews 13. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. Show hospitality everywhere you go because you just may be entertaining angels. But even if they were not angels, God tells us, whatever you do to the least of these, you do to me. However we treat the people we come in contact with every day, we're doing it to God. Would you say those words to God face to face that you say to that person? Would you feel justified to have that burning anger inside of you about that person if you thought that's how you felt about God? Every person was created in the image of God. And he has called us to be hospitable. Now, before... I show you this picture. May I say that I am not trying to get into a political argument or make any political stance, but based off of the truth we heard in God's word, I'm wondering if we look at this picture a little bit differently today. There's a refugee crisis. In our world today, there are people fleeing for their lives. They are the outcast. They are the foreigner. They are the stranger. What has God called us to do? It's really easy to think about things. And it's really easy to say, oh, that's a great idea. It's really hard to live it out. We are called as children of God 
love the stranger no matter what. Whether we're in a good mood or bad mood, that doesn't matter. Whether they've hurt us or not, it doesn't matter. Because God, in his perfect example of this, gave up everything while we were still hurting him. And he has called us to follow his example no matter what. So I'm wondering, out of our understanding of who God is and what he's called us to do, what will we do this week to those around us? So congregation, I'm wondering, do you want to see the corridor transformed with the good news of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. And the five people that are leading the way, the rest of you come alongside. Let's do this. Let us believe and let us have passion that this is what God is calling us to do and go out and believe it's going to happen, not in our own power, because God through us, his spirit is working in us to love even the people who seem unlovable for his glory and not our own. So let's go out this week loving the stranger, loving the other, loving those who are not like us, showing hospitality everywhere we go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we realize that living uh, out our faith is much harder than being able to come up with the words to describe our faith. And God, the world outside these doors is a lot different than the world inside these doors. But God, may our hospitality not just happen inside these walls, but as we go out every day, as we go to our coworker that we don't know or, or maybe frustrates us. As we go into our families, may we welcome and love everyone. And as we go into our neighborhoods, may we go out ready to meet the needs and to share love with everyone we come in contact with, even if they're not like us or don't talk like us or don't look like us. Help us to extend love and hospitality everywhere we go. Amen.